0: Come to this project with many of the same assumptions that you have. Hello, and welcome back to Dark Static. This is our third episode. This is a podcast about found footage horror movies, and uh, we'll be chronicling and discussing everything about the genre. I'm your host, Alex Schiffer, and with me is uh, Zach. Hello. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Oh, I thought you just went like oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh,
1: oh, oh. Oh. (laughs) Hello,
0: sorry. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our last episode was about the McPherson tape and alien abduction incident at Lake County kind of our uh, a double feature this week we're we're back to discussing one film this episode is yeah, going to be about much the,
1: less, there's much less to talk about this week
0: <laughs> yeah this episode is about the last broadcast and we'll be uh, discussing that in just a few moments something i kind of want to discuss beforehand is uh we're kind of chronicling these found footage films from, I, I guess, like the inception of the genre. Like we we started with *Cannibal Holocaust*, and we took it like to you know there was a pretty big time jump, I'd say, between the the last two films we we talked about, or last three films actually. I just wanted to say like there is stuff in between. The only thing, and I remember Zach, you actually like texted me like, we we what about these? I, there, there's, there's gonna be, and this is the thing with, uh, with discussing, you know, this, this type of genre, there's gonna be, like, a couple of these films that are just kind of, that are just kind of there, there's a lot of, like, weird, not, not, like, niche, but how, how do you, how would, how would you, like, describe gore?
1: They they, they don't, fit within, oh, well, yeah, it, it depends on what you're talking about, but there's, like, you know, we discussed stuff that was like outside of the genre of horror. Like, I think the most significant movie that falls in between this movie and the last one, we last couple we talked about, was a film called Man Bites Dog. Yes. Uh, which is not a horror movie, but a notable found footage movie of the 90s. Um, sort
0: of found footage. Well, the, the distinction we need to make is that this. this podcasts is going to be about found footage movies but th- that if there's also the discussion about should we include mockumentaries uh right because that's kind of found footage but isn't really considered uh, is it really considered like in this type of genre um yeah if i haven't open it up,
1: so messy like we
0: yeah yeah
1: what we were about the reference was the like i stumbled across these films and brought them up to you and was like, should we, Hey, you missed some, should we cover these?" Yeah, they're they're
0: to- the, they're the Guinea pig movies. Um, yeah,
1: these are just gore porn. Like, it's pretty just much
0: gore porn. porn. And listen, like I, I like gore, <laughs> I like gory things. Zach, I'm sure you like gory shit too. Um, yeah, we're all used to it, but these, we, we like gory films that have a narrative. I think it's what we're trying to say. We <laughs> want to tackle like narrative based found footage uh, horror, and uh, some of these films, like uh, what's that? There's one that's just like vomit fetish, um, and that's like that's like not popular, but you know certain certain subsections of the internet will be like, oh, this movie's disgusting, and it's like, well, we're not really gonna do disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> like when we we are. Were-
1: not particularly gonna be doing just discuss yeah because well, yeah say, like last wow, was terrible that was really bad how that uh guy got bombed on ew so, yeah, there's not and listen,
0: like we cover like cannibal holocaust is already the extreme of that i feel <laughs> like that's yeah. real yeah. not that you know as we talked about in that show like hey there's more shit going on in this movie and that's kind of wh- what i want this show to uh to touch on the most and that gets almost impossible with with, with uh with uh, a bunch of other movies uh that are, you know that are considered found footage but
1: there's less, there's less interesting subject matter
0: yeah like, when the subject matter is just like horrible it's a horrible uh you know mutilation of a person for you like 80 minutes it's like yeah gotcha i got it yeah yeah the first one and it'll even get like it'll get uh you know weird when we we have to like eventually cover like you know i think the august underground movies are going to be in contention here uh i think we're going to end up covering those um i think and those aren't those movies aren't a walk in the park um, but I from what I remember I've seen I've seen Mortem before I don't think I've seen the other two but they they do have like story is all I'm trying to say and that's kind of what I want to do with this podcast like this I, I kind of want to give ultimately the found footage genre I think it's 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 time of day you know in in the in, in a you know in a more discussive Analytical manner than you know what I what I've usually what I've seen from you know other people discussing the genre because a lot of I I feel like a lot of uh, like content creators that uh, talk about found footage always end up doing like the gross movie shtick like mm. oh you got to watch this movie it's so gross and here's me like filming my reaction to watching these scenes and it's kind of just a competition to out the other. Um, When to me, the most interesting found footage media has some sort of narrative or some sort of interesting aesthetic also. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of movies we're going to be discussing, uh, you know, in this kind of in this catalog that uh, they're not just, you know, a lot of Marble Hornets. I would say a lot of analog horror on the Internet that I I eventually want to get to. Is all kind of about mood to me. That's a more interesting conversation than just talking about movies that you know show you a ton of gore. So I kind of wanted to get that off of my back, like just right on front. I'm not saying never <laughs> for that stuff, but as you know, for what we want to talk about now, I, I think this is the best way to go. And speaking of that, let's get to our uh, our film this week, which is the last broadcast. The last broadcast, uh, made in 1998, predates Blair Witch Project. But I think we should make the distinction that this this movie didn't inspire the, the Blair Witch Project, I don't think. Because the Blair Witch Project was, as we'll talk about when we talk about that movie, um, that movie was uh, in uh, development for a lot longer than this one. But I think they're interesting pieces to actually put together. But yeah, The Last Broadcast, uh, directed by Stephen Avalos and Lance Wheeler. They play... Uh, I, I don't know if I'd call them the leads, but they're kind of the subject matter of the, yeah. of the movie. Lead they,
1: characters of uh, important characters.
0: They're important characters. Main Stephen play, uh, plays... Uh, his name is Stephen in the movie. And then uh, Lance Wheeler was Locus, which I, I couldn't tell... Uh, during the movie, is like he was saying Lucas. I thought his name was Lucas for a lot of the movie, but then they actually bring I that up. Yeah, they bring that up. Uh, I think when they're talking to like the the sound guy that they they go to when they first meet the uh, the site the like sound psychic that they go to, and he's like, well, "Your yeah. name's Locus." <laughs> <laughs> um, stage but yeah. name, right? <laughs> Yeah, this is a movie about uh, this film crew. They run a uh, kind of like, I, I think it's like a cable access show called Factor Fiction. You know, they have middling success here and there. But, you know, the last broadcast is basically this pseudo documentary. One of the first like real one of these we'll be, we'll be talking about where it kind of combines documentary and found footage into one film. And basically it's all about this crew. That went missing uh while searching for the mythical Jersey Devil. You know, do you know anything about the Jersey Devil just in general, Zach? <laughs> you, familiar? I, I, you heard about heard this? The Jer- uh,
1: you heard about this thing? You heard about this guy? Uh I I didn't know that much. no, I, I did like a casual sort of like cursory uh like Google. Um I had heard of the Jersey Devil before. I knew it was like a thing that existed somewhere in like the woodland areas of, um, of yeah. what I assumed. The, I assumed it Jersey.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Pine Barrens specifically, which is a central point in the film.
1: Yeah, but getting back to very appropriate for my uh, Italian man intro. <laughs> <This> is- <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, uh, we should just do every uh, start every show like that now
1: uh but no i i, I yeah I, I had no context for like why people believe in this thing or like what it was supposed to be yeah. other than just a general sort of freaky cryptid um yeah
0: it's kind of just like this interesting piece of folklore that uh, honestly like every state in the united states has
1: yeah yeah everybody has at least one of these
0: there's there's actually this really I don't know if you've wa- ever watched the reboot of Mystery Science Theater. Probably the one of their best episodes that they did. They had this uh, song that goes, "Every country has a monster, and like every state in the U.S. has like some legendary creature that like that's kind of uh, sweet." Yeah, and apparently New Jersey's Man. stupid haunted, uh, which is cool. Um. Honestly, Long Island is too. I'm coming. I'm coming at you from Long Island, and Long Island's also has some pretty uh, haunted places. And there's going to be. Some, I feel like some films that symbol of
1: being on the East Coast is just like where, uh, you know, like the first Americans, the beginning of like European civilization and colonialization. Yeah. Like, just uh, obviously like left just like this wake of tragedy. Um, uh, but then like there's, it's the oldest part of like the United States of America. Yeah, so there's like all, old like,
0: 13 colonies and all that shit.
1: Right. So it's just like ripe for like ghost stories and things connected to, you know, the actual fucking tragedies that happened. Um, yeah. you know even like people dying of like i don't know like the, the flu <laughs> <laughs> <When> they, like,
0: <laughs> smallpox you know? and shit uh, yeah and a lot of yeah, horror yeah. is like can always I, I think like cycle back to like real life tragedy and all that but when you get on like a scale like this uh to to, to like a a culturally known you know piece of folklore like you know something like the jersey devil you know, that, that that obviously that can stem from uh, you know, real events and, and all that. Uh you know, I'm not saying that there's an actual mythical demon <laughs> living in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey, but uh, you know, there probably is, honestly. There's probably this he Jersey Devil probably exists.
1: I mean, I wanna believe.
0: The I, I think the only thing that I really know about the Jersey Devil is I maybe one of the funniest videos uh, on the internet is uh the so-called real footage of the Jersey devil and it's like you, you can see it on YouTube and it's like uh only footage of Jersey devil ever found and it's like this thing that looks like a goat on like what is obviously a like a like a wire <laughs> um like floating through the trees <laughs> it looks i you might have seen this video before uh it just looks hilarious um like, and then people in the comments were like oh my god that's crazy <laughs>
1: uh, okay well i'm realizing between <laughs> between this and our last
0: uh uh yeah, double it's, it's me I'm finding weird shit on youtube <laughs>
1: It really does not take a lot to um, convince certain people that there's like a cryptid walking amongst them. Like, oh my God, that's so funny. I just watched it. That's awesome. Somebody, it looks like somebody threw a goat.
0: <laughs> you just saw it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he threw a goat. It looks like uh, it's like ziplining through the, through the trees.
1: <laughs> that's so funny.
0: Uh, oh my! yeah so that's that's the only thing that i know about the jersey devil i've always pictured it as like a chupacabra
1: yeah like more of like uh like an amalgamation a little bit more the- sinister because it has devil yeah all the time. not just like a goat with bird wings because
0: yeah that looks cool i want to own one.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen that like photo of it before um but uh, yeah, apparently it's like a super, super old piece of folklore going back to like eighteen
0: seventeen hundreds yeah yeah, um, so yeah, that's what kind of what the last broadcast is you know loosely about, <laughs> but it kind of uh, you know, it does its own thing and, and we'll get into that. What I want to say before we before we talk about uh, the last broadcast any further is uh, we will be spoiling. Everything about this movie right from the get go. And I haven't given any spoiler warnings in the last two episodes, and I feel like I should do that now. Um, In the last two episodes, we kind of just, you know, zoomed off into, you know, right into everything that happens in in both of those movies. And uh, I just want to give the warning now. You should watch this. It is on YouTube for free. Uh, So yeah, go and watch uh, the last broadcast and then come back here and can listen to us uh, discuss it. Um, Zach, mm-hmm. let me get uh, your overall opinions. What did you think of the last broadcast?
1: I think I the act of watching it <laughs> I think I enjoyed it the least out of everything we've watched so far. Um Okay. Cuz it doesn't it doesn't have the immediate kind of like antiquatedness of the, like, McPherson tape stuff mm-hmm. um, that kind of makes it fascinating to watch is, like, a like time capsule kind of thing where you're, like, watching somebody figure out how to make found footage, like, as a genre. But it's much more of, like, a focused movie than, than that. Again, I think it's another one where it's just tough having, like, being familiar with where the genre goes and having seen, like, the best versions of it. This is it. Feels very much like a vanilla entry until a certain point, in which case <laughs> yeah. I think it becomes, uh, regardless of your opinion on it, much more interesting. But you have to get through the majority of the movie before the movie sort of reveals what it's about. Because this is one of those movies that what it is becomes something completely different in the last like ten minutes. Oh but yeah, for what it was, I I, I thought it was interesting it was it was a it was a fun you know it was it was a decent watch but i I found a lot of it got like pretty repetitive to sit through um yeah because it is pretty much it is much of the same sort of shtick from beginning to almost end uh, i would Um, say
0: almost they were so close (laughs) (laughs) they were so close yeah i i'm gonna echo a lot of what you said um I will say, I think that I actually might have enjoyed it initially a bit more. Mm-hmm. I think I have a, some sort of reverence for I don't know if it's the time period or just I like filmmakers trying to figure stuff out while the movie's mm-hmm. happening. To me, like that's the most endearing part. like I like I identified with a lot of the, the endearing parts of uh, McPherson tape. But yeah, this movie is definitely more focused and honestly, parts of it that I I found most interesting weren't even like considered to be most of, you know, what the movie actually was. The thing I liked the most about the last broadcast until the end, uh, which we'll get to uh, is kind of this overall aura of uncertainty, that kind of masks the entire film and it's something that you get from a lot of uh say like true crime documentaries where the case never goes solved never know who who did it that's kind of what this film does except interestingly with this film crew that is in search of this you know mythological figure so it has the genre and it has that air of mystery for most of it um, some of the, like the court stuff is a little bit, you know, repetitive, uh, but it normally is in something that's, you know, structured like a, a true crime documentary. But, but then, yeah,
1: was- uh, I, well, I, I was going to say it to your point, it is a true crime doc. It's a fake yes. true crime doc. Up until this point, we've watched things that are like movies with like a found footage component in them. Or mm-hmm. like found footage that's trying to convince you that it's a real tape. Yes. Um so far
0: actually, like the only movie that was completely found footage was the McPherson tape.
1: But this this is um this is presenting not just as found footage, uh, in the sense of like a home movie that you found somewhere. This is presenting as like what many people watch today on Netflix all the time, which is like a true crime and- a of like a true crime that happened and has yet to be like unraveled, like a cold case kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that might be part of the reason I didn't find it as interesting is because like, it's in part a horror movie when you're able to get to those chunks where like you're watching the footage of these people going into the woods. But for much of it, it is like, like what you said, the court proceedings and, them talking about like the evidence and
0: it's very it's very procedural
1: Uh yeah it's way more of a procedural than like a straight horror movie
0: which i think is kind of i i was into for for a little while because it did it did it honestly it did what is most effective about those documentaries It, it fills that like aura of uncertainty which you know is a good and effective form of horror and I was I was interested for for a while, and you know this. It's funny because this movie isn't even that long. It's what an hour. It's almost an hour and a half. It does feel longer, <laughs> um, I will yeah. say. Whereas the other ones are very. Uh, we covered the McPherson tapes. Both of those movies, I feel like, were very short, and they felt short. This one definitely has a lot more meat to it, so it. Uh, feels, you know, the pace is, is definitely a lot more of a noticeable thing that that uh, you start to notice in the in the film. I also really liked, not the lead performance, I, I feel like we keep touching upon this overarching thing, but I don't want to get to it just yet. I I liked the characters that Stephen Avalos and Lance Wheeler played in the film. The reason why is because Number one, that's where most of the found footage footage actually takes place, but the way that it's shot is definitely what's most what stands out most to me. Usually in found footage films that we'll see, you know, even starting with the Blair Witch Project, is a lot of these like you know landscapes of uh, darkness or a, a complete uh, you know subject in the frame, but. The last broadcast, and it's it's always centered on its lead performers, and it always feels very isolated to them. You never really get to see much outside uh, in the in the actual f- uh, found footage sections of this film, and I feel like <laughs> it kind of works here because you end up establishing a lot more of like a, a connection with the characters because you know the 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 camera is just always focused on them like there's a lot of scenes in cars and them talking um, a lot of close-ups of them giving like interviews and you feel like you kind of get to know them a little bit more than uh, I'd say a lot of you know lead characters in, in found footage movies but they're also not really the lead characters as, as we'll talk about um, I don't know if you <clears throat> had anything more to say about that
1: no I think that I I think we're gonna get to it
0: yeah um i i did like a lot you know a good amount of this film there is an overarching issue that culminates in an absolutely disastrous last like 10 minutes i can't i
1: i can't believe it (laughs) i can't believe it okay so I want you. I want to hear what you <laughs> have to say.
0: Uh, so remember, in the Mc, not in McPherson tape, but in uh, alien abduction uh, incident Lake County, when uh, you had a perfectly good found footage movie, um, you know, pretty basic yeah. by the numbers, but it was still like well executed. And then they would just cut away to these crazy interview sections <laughs> that were <laughs> were. <laughs> At, like com- completely took you out of every inch of inch of the film. Um
1: yeah. yeah, that is my favorite guy in the movie. I love
0: this random British rocker. I wish he'd show up in every single one of these.
1: Yeah, I wish um, did
0: more. It would that would have been all, like, he just showed up in this. They slut, they crazy. <laughs> So like Christ did the date go missing anyway uh I have a lot to say about this last last 10 minutes and I I, I want to get to it now because there are some other good things actually I want to say about them but I want to end on end the show on on more of a positive note but let's get this thing out of the way so as I've been saying this whole film has been you know about this film crew they are filming this uh documentary called factor fiction it's like this i'd equate it to like a ghost hunting show or you know just shows i think you know the the trend
1: like um ancient aliens or, or well go ghost hunter and stuff like that like
0: yeah it's like a ghost hunting show factor fiction but the 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 last broadcast isn't really about it well it is about them but it kind of has the voice of God over it. Uh, It has this narrator that is compiling all of the events that happened in this film. Ultimately what does happen is the, you know, the film crew goes missing. They think they, you know, there's only one guy that survives that comes out and they obviously convict him, but there's, you know, through video evidence, there's like no way that he could have done it. And all of this is being compiled by one man named David. Um, and David is kind of being our he's like our our host. There's actually a really good, a really interesting plot point where this unseen footage, this unseen tape, gets dumped at his door. And he takes it to a restorationist to, you know, get restored and so they can find more evidence. But what ends up happening is you know she's restoring more and more of the film, and we go back to our narrator, our boy Dave, and he's in the car, and he's like, "All right, now we're gonna go see what's going on uh, with uh, with the restoration. What's you know what's new with the tapes?" And they end up revealing that the real murderer is dave and he goes into the restorationist house and suffocates her with like this plastic wrapping that is like all over the her house suffocates her drags her body out into the woods and continues like doing the documentary that's the ending to this film that's everything that they not that they've set up a whole lot to be honest but i thought this ending kind of screwed over the whole tone it was going for the whole aura that it established. And it kind of just falls on its face uh, at the end. Um, I will say it's hilarious. It's a hilarious <laughs> ending to me, you know, in a kind of uh, kind of like in a so bad it's good, I guess, kind of way. But yeah, I, it's,
1: well, it's, why, why didn't it work for you?
0: I think it didn't work for me because I was really ready for the film to end. There's a certain point in the film, like before the last 10 minutes where they start queuing up music and fading to black a lot. And I was like, okay, this is the ending. I, as I was pondering, like, Oh, this really did a good job, you know, establishing this air of mystery and this, uh, you know, this, this aura of uncertainty. And I liked it at that point as kind of this piece uh, of tone. And I wasn't exactly like the plot is the plot. It's not really that, at least to me, especially in this genre plot, isn't very important to me. So when you go for a twist ending like that, I think, you know, and and it is the last thing that you see, it kind of just, it kind of fell apart for me. Uh, Although, it was entertaining.
1: Yeah. I can't, can't argue with that. Yeah. I don't know why she had all the plastic sheeting in her house.
0: Yeah. Like, the, like when he stepped in the door, like, Oh, immediately like, Oh, this is a good thing to use. Like, thank God. <laughs> I was just going to strangle her with my hands. <laughs> yeah. That would have been way harder.
1: Oh, it's so weird. <laughs>
0: <embarrassing>. Yeah. <laughs> what a bad murderer (laughs) to improvise
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess because you enjoyed the like vibe of the rest of the movie then that just kind of got in the way of that for me it was like it felt like one of the few interesting like unique things to happen in the movie and even (laughs) even if you like I think like as we go forward it will kind of remain at least like a pretty unique ending cuz I don't think as far as I remember I've seen an ending to one of these things where they basically just reveal that the mysticism and the monster and all that stuff is like completely fake like it's just not it's not real at all it's all staged and you weren't watching a horror movie, like, the entire time, basically.
0: Um, yeah, the real monster is, is, Dave, human. is, Dave.
1: is D- Dave. Is Big Dave.
0: Big <laughs> Dave.
1: Um, but I agree with you. I, I think, like, there's definitely, like... Like, it's not, like, perfect. It is kind of, like... You don't have any context for who Dave is. He's just, yeah, like... Yeah, he's just
0: kind of, like, this uh, voice of God,
1: I, 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 you know? Yeah, he's, it's, he's it's, like, like making
0: it's like in an ep it's like as if uh like in an episode of the twilight zone rod serling comes in at the end and like kills the main character
1: <laughs> yeah. well well at least david is like
0: yeah at least it is a documentary guy. yeah <laughs> I, I, I i guess that's a bad uh <laughs> yeah he's not
1: like yeah yeah yeah. um it's like if yeah, it's ken burns
0: cr- it's like if ken burns came in at the end yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) but uh okay here's here's why i at least found it like pretty interesting is because as this movie was happening i was thinking something that kind of struck me and i was actually i was discussing this with somebody who was watching with me is that because it's like a true a fake true crime doc it made me think about like the true how like dominant true crime is now where it's just yeah. like, like every five seconds, there's like a new true crime thing. And I think in a really like accidentally prescient way, maybe this movie taps into what feels really weird about true crime today. And I mean, I guess true crime existed back then in the nineties too, but yeah. It, it was not as huge and dominant in industry
0: wasn't so much true crime well. content to consume, uh, so easily in, in any given, yeah. Moment.
1: It wasn't as huge budgeted, it wasn't like, as big budgeted, it wasn't pushed in front of. There's people who literally just watch true crime and like nothing else, like no movies. Yeah. Like, they there's
0: watch, people that like, make their whole careers off of just talking about true crime,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. True crime podcast, right? Like, yeah, thank god we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> but. The thing that this movie posits, and we kind of skipped over this character, I think a little bit, is there's the um, Jim character, who's like a psychic. Yes. Who's with them. And he is like the accused. Like, he's the only one who made it back. And so everybody assumes
0: that. Yeah, so all the blame gets put on him. Right. It's like they literally have no other evidence. It was like, you're the only one who made it back.
1: Yeah, you're the only one who makes it back. So they go to the footage and they literally say in the movie um and i was so i literally wrote down oh wow they're actually acknowledging it they somebody literally says out loud i forget which person they say that they went to this footage basically to trust it to provide like the absolute truth the footage
0: Ultimately, you're seeing is actually being used as like a plot device
1: it's actually being it, yes yeah it's being it literally it's being used as like a tool like whatever the filmmaker perceives as the truth is what comes out like I don't think people maybe this is like condescending but I feel like a lot of people don't quite understand editing when they're not like filmmakers and like there's literally like days well, that, of well that's
0: stuff. the thing like you're not supposed to really see it you know unless you're it's also like the role of for sound design too like if you're not a sound designer well I mean I'm talking about like a uh, sound like, you're supposed to be in the you know illusion of what is supposed to be real
1: but the for, for a movie that's cool, for, for like something like this that makes sense. For a sense. traditional for, narrative, yeah. For for well for true crime where you're supposed to be making something about a real murder that happened <laughs> yeah. where a real person died and then like your documentary is potentially pinning the blame on like a real dude. It's like you better have it right. Like
0: Yeah. Well, like they he, even go out of their it. way to like show who is editing the movie that you're currently watching. Like he's right. a subject yeah. in this that's, that's film. Cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. And the same thing with Cannibal Holocaust. And that's it why very, I, I mentioned in that show, you know, how you know, it's the first time I kind of made the point where I was like, uh, you know, in found footage media, the cut is so much more uh, of a powerful tool. Like you need to really earn every mm-hmm. cut that you do.
1: Yeah and then this movie like yeah I did notice in this movie they like it was edited like way faster like like uh, versus the other ones well the last Yeah cuz it was edited it kind
0: know. of like a TV uh docu series like that it's a very fast pace and multiple things on screen at once uh you know juggling between different footage you know it's it's definitely a lot more you know fast paced than say like you know the uh, McPherson tape which is just like a static shot the entire time
1: I guess I'll I'll try and summarize my point, but, like, I know it's, like, very long-winded and and, uh, a little bit broad, but they do do, like, a little bit of setup, and I didn't perceive it as setup because I didn't give the movie credit while I was watching it, but, like, (laughs) I was, like, there's... Who who gives a shit about this? But, like, (laughs) there is some lip service that they pay to, like... Part of the reason that everybody's in on this... um, This is such a big deal is because there's, like... An election happening soon and like so a major crime is a big deal and how it's handled yeah so there's all this stuff where basically people are rushing to pin the blame on like the easy target and then are utilizing the video footage as like a tool to pin it on him and then after all this happens there's even like multiple people um who are saying like like the video editor who are saying like uh how this publicity and the tape uh, improve their careers yeah and stuff and which is
0: ironic considering the actual like fact or fiction crew the you know the people that go missing and this is actually one of the things i really loved about the last broadcast is uh the kind of the the cute little detail that they their show is kind of failing um and they're kind of doing this last ditch effort uh broadcast to 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 kind of save their their careers and to save the show,
1: yeah. Like that's that's that's. I think that's like this this one of the scariest parts of it is like that they went out like des kind of like desperate, desperate to find an animal. Yeah. And they died, and then other people are like, "Wow, it's pretty great how they died." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they gave, yeah, they banked off of it.
1: Yeah, and so it is kind of tapping into the actual unspoken thing with true crime. I feel where it's like this commodification of like people who actually died. Um, And like, I guarantee there's no way that every true crime doc ever made that comes to a conclusion on a mystery, or like points towards certain conclusions without saying it is actually correct. Like some of them gotta be wrong. Some of them (laughs) have to be like pinning the blame on like just totally innocent people. And and in this case, that's kind of why I like the ending is because in the midst of all that, the guy, <laughs> the guy who did it is the person making the movie. And yeah, it's like no, the perfect, I like that.
0: Perfect. I like, yeah, I I do like that. I just don't think while I was watching, like, I, it didn't work for me in that in that sense because I I think while while I was watching, I wasn't really judging the quality of of the of the film. From, from that perspective, I was just kind of, like like you said, I was just vibing with it. <laughs> and yeah. the ending is what it is and kind of ruins that vibe a bit. I also do think having seen, you know, and, you know this is something I think that you had a problem with with the McPherson tape, is just having mm. seen better versions of this. And I have yeah. seen a better version of the last broadcast uh, in a film called The Poughkeepsie Tapes, which we'll be, which we'll be discussing on oh. the show very soon. Everything that you know is set up that's good that's set up in the last broadcast is kind of executed better in that film, especially with the like societal aspect of, of it too. There, there's a big message there like you're talking about, it doesn't, you know, quite go into the... Tr- it does revel in the fact that it's a true crime. It's a bit of a true crime doc. Whereas the last broadcast, as you've uh, discussed, is is kind of, you know, commenting on that, you know, whether it's textual or subtextual or, or not, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say, like, I didn't feel any of that until... I can understand why it didn't work for you, because I didn't pick up or feel any of that until literally the last, like, 10... Uh, well, like, a little bit before the serial killer reveal. Um, Like, the last, yeah. like, 15, 20 minutes when you see people talking about, like, how it affected them and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But for most of the movie, I was just sitting there kind of going, like, okay.
0: Did you think uh, throughout this film that anything supernatural was actually going to happen?
1: I did. I did, because I... Maybe because it's one of the first... Um, footage movies. I assume just like, Oh, this is probably going to be like, uh,
0: the monster proto- movie. Blair witch Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like this is going to be the movie that, you know, inspired the Blair witch, which turned out not to be true. Um, yeah. but yeah, I did. I did think they were going to reveal something and I thought it was not going to be effective because I wasn't finding the, the horror to be effective. Yeah.
0: I, I also, I, I thought the same way. Uh, and I actually thought when they get to the point where the the filmmaker like gets all the, you know, rabbles of, of tape, I thought they were just going to let that play, you know, and now you get to find out what actually happened in, in the Pine Barrens that night. But they don't do that. They actually just use that kind of interestingly as a plot device and kind of an excuse to meet a new person, a new character in the in the real world, you know, in the world of the documentary. Um, which I, th- I thought was was pretty neat. I also want to point out, I, as I said before, like I kind of dug the two characters, um, Steve and and Locus. Jim was, I didn't know how to, I didn't know about that performance at all, and the the entire sequence, uh, that was pretty important where he runs away from the group, but then just comes back for the rest of the film he's just doing like irc and it's like oh yeah they were they were fine but he like ran away and that was like used as you know pivotal piece of evidence for the case i think what i liked most is actually the technical part of it like i liked whenever they were just discussing how they're going to shoot the show it's it's funny you know watching that now it's like oh they they're because they're using like what then was at the time consumer grade camera equipment so it was just kind of fun to to listen to how you know how they were gonna how they were gonna set that up yeah it's funny because like the actual as i said like the found footage parts because most of this film is just you know is a lot of interviews but the interviews are really i think well constructed um and the found footage parts are kind of unique in that they're so close um and that they really don't you know, because uh, when, when you'll see something in like when we talk about the Blair Witch Project, there's just so much like landscape and that adds to the horror. But in right. this movie, it's so it's getting you up close with the characters. So you establish, you know, this this rapport with them. I, 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 I I dug a lot of this more than I thought I initially did. But now that I'm like talking more and more about it, I think I like it more. You know, than I than I initially did like going into uh, going into this review, I still stand by the ending, uh, what I thought about hey. it. Um, hey. but I'd say this is an interesting watch. Do you have any oh. like a uh, final thoughts, or is there anything else you wanted to 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 to, to mention? Um,
1: no, I mean I thought it was cool how when the killer comes in, it like immediately switches from found footage to like um like yeah. normal.
0: Yeah, a there's a uh unspoken for cameraman. There's invisible yeah. invisible camera at the end of this yeah. film.
1: Yeah, it's all of a sudden it's uh which it's a very indie looking
0: Yeah, which I think is meant to just like just completely separate you from the reality that the the movie is, is trying to portray through from the uh through the rest of it, <laughs> you know. Cuz it's, yeah, it's it's portraying itself as real. It's kind of, you know, living in the illusion and then the very end you just you see a camera shot of him filming himself in the woods I, I don't think a lot of found footage films do that uh we're just like all right yeah enough with the charade <laughs> enough with yeah. the charade no, no, no. here's a here's an invisible camera uh for this last shot yeah. to kind of just tell you that this is a movie
1: right yeah they're like afraid to break the to break the tone
0: yeah to, to kind of break the the illusion of the film do you have any uh final thoughts?
1: No, I don't think so i uh there wasn't as much to talk about with this one.
0: That's the thing with these early I, ones i see these uh a lot of these films the the early ones is like you know just simple setups for you know what's to come in the future um and yeah, it's anything with uh you know early early entries in the genre. I I still think it's, it's nice to see where a lot of this comes from. Uh, And the last broadcast is still indicator of it, you know, and it it might not have influenced some of the most famous ones uh, that we'll talk about, but I think it definitely has, has a place in, uh, you know, an interesting place in in the catalog of, of found footage. And yeah, I, I also think just as from a pure artistic perspective, some of these films are pretty sincere because uh, they're sh- they're so low budget and you know kind of amateurish but that kind of reminds me of something that you know I would I would make uh, like you're always taking influence from uh, from certain things uh, and it's it's fun to see what you know where the uh, where all that comes from and I think the last broadcast uh, definitely has an influence on some of our our later entries, uh, in in, and you know in this uh in this selection
1: yeah i'm uh i'm excited to to see what comes next i uh i think as we go forward i can definitely foresee like the flavors of film getting more uh kind of interesting
0: yeah that's kind of uh yeah i guess that kind of wraps it up for the last broadcast um again you can watch this film all on youtube um it's only an hour and 26 minutes long it's definitely worth checking out you can find this podcast on anywhere you get your podcasts from. Make sure to give it a comment and a rating. That'll definitely help us out a whole lot. Uh, Zach, you got anything to plug?
1: Uh, no, just I'm, I'm opening an escape room in uh, in uh, Rochester, New York. It's called uh, GTFO Get the Fork Out Studios. We're at 120 East Avenue. Uh, so if you are uh, find yourself anywhere in the greater Rochester area, I mean, we have the best one. Opening date is tentative, um, but I think it's looking like um, early summer. So hopefully by uh, I believe next month, June, we should be in business.
0: Do you guys but, have a website uh, yet?
1: We are uh, uh, close to launching the website. It's not launched. It exists, right. but it, do- it's, it doesn't. You can't find it because um, it hasn't launched yet. You can follow me mm-hmm. at the real Franz Spielberg uh, on Instagram. Um, And uh, I I have a link to uh, my website, short film stuff like that uh, there.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you can find me uh, at Schiffer Audio, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Listen to my audio fiction podcast, um, Inheritance Ash Falls. Um, That's anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, I also have a show on Audible called Stillwater Bay that you can listen to. Um, And oh, oh, uh, Letterboxd. Um, I, 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 I will always log every uh, every film that we watch on the show um, that's also at Schiffer Audio you can find me uh, on Letterboxd so yeah that's it for this week's episode of Dark Static uh, join us next time for the Blair Witch Project thanks for listening